Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Aren't you thankful for the presence of the Lord? Hallelujah. Glory. Okay. If you would, open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Um, I want you to think about that first song that the uh, worship team was leading us in worship. It, 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 it uh, uh, personifies the, the, the very message this morning of what the Lord has laid on our heart. We're going to spend most of our times right here in Romans chapter 8. Uh, remember we said that the Lord wanted us to uh, spend some time in this. If y'all been reading Romans chapter 8 like we talked about, I, I pray that you have because there is so much uh, information in these 39 verses that will enable you, empower you to be able to live a free life. Amen. Uh, I know the more that I try to apply this this chapter, the more the devil comes against me. Uh, so uh, don't be discouraged. Just be excited because if the devil is trying to stop something, then there's great possibilities. Amen. Uh, so, uh, this morning we're, we're going to lay a foundation unless something changes. You never know because you don't know who's going to be here. Uh, and we're going to always follow the mind of the Lord. And sometimes there'll be different people here and God may minister to them. But I believe unless something changes, this is the foundation for this morning will bring forth what God wants tonight to take us to a new level of grace. Amen. I want a new level of grace, don't you? And so try your best to come back tonight. Uh, and, and be here expecting. Pray about this service tonight. Uh, pray that you'll be in your place and that uh, your brothers and sisters will be in their place and we can uh, hear and act on the Word of God. Amen? Um, so, this morning, if I could just say a, a little phrase to you. The Spirit of God wants you to go in grace. Amen? Go in grace. Everything that you do, don't let it to be uh, uh, determined by what you know or don't know what you think you can do or not do. Just go in the grace of God. Let that grace determine uh, what you can do, what you can't do, what you can say, what you can't say, because in God, there's no limitations. Amen? But I want to talk to you this morning about being loosed and about being in the place of being alive, you know, living. We, God wants you to live. Amen. He wants you to have abundant life and then being led. And all of us want to be led, but uh, we've got to be loosed first. Amen. To be able to be led and to be able to truly to, to live, we've got to be loosed first. So we're going to talk about those three things. Romans chapter 8. Let's start reading in verse number 12. If you're there, say amen. Romans 8 and 12 says, Therefore, brethren, say he's talking to me, we are debtors, uh, you and I were debtors, uh, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Verse 14. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons, the daughters, the children of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. See, no slave could even utter the word Abba. In Roman times, if they uttered that word, they would be beaten. Now think about what Paul is saying here by the unction of the Holy Ghost. We cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are, present tense, the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Brother Donnie, would you pray? Yes. Yes. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Donnie. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for honoring the honoring the word. Um you and I this morning, we recognize and realize that we're living in, in the very, uh, last of the last days because if, if Jesus warned us about the last days in his time and then Paul warned us, uh, in his epistles about the last days and we, we, they set forth a time frame of, 
of, of the last days being from the day of Pentecost. But then the last of the last days was when Israel would be re- restored as a nation. And that happened May 15th, May 14th, uh, 1948. Uh, so we, we see where we're at, what time frame we're in. And uh, uh, so if we're going to do some things for the Lord, you and I, we need to get ready. Because Jesus said there was going to be a midnight cry. And uh, at midnight, there was going to be a shaking, spiritually speaking. And so you and I, we want to be in that right place. And so to be in that right place, we need to fulfill our call. And to fulfill our call, we've got to be loosed. We've got to... We've got to be loosed. We've got to, to learn how to truly live, to draw people in. Because right now, people are in a mess. They're hurting. They don't know how to live. Uh, uh, and, and I've never seen such corruption in my life. Now, you and I, we realize if we don't pray like we've never prayed before, we're not going to be able to finish what God's called us to finish. Because this nation is going down the toilet and it's going fast. I'm sorry. You send another $44 billion. They're laundering money, people. And I know this has nothing to do with the service, but they're not, they're not worried about helping those people over there. This is a money laundering scheme. They're getting all the money they can for themselves for when this nation falls. They think they're going to be all right. They're going to be corrupted with their money and they're going to die with their money. You and I, we're going to live from heaven because God is our source. Amen. So we're not concerned about it, but there's going to be a lot of people hurt unless we can get them into the body of Christ. Amen. So look and see what's happening. You got all but 11 senators voted against this. Come on, the rest of them, they're not for you and I. And we just live our lives like everything's fine and dandy. Well, it's not. Amen. We we, we got to see some things. If you don't know uh, right from wrong, you're in a mess. The Holy Ghost tells you and I what's right and it tells us what's wrong. And anybody else that denies that, that's their uh, uh, deception that they need to come out of. And we've been called to help them. But anyway... What I want you to see this morning, I want you to see that you and I, we have an indebtedness. We're indebted to Jesus. Every one of us, we should be uh, lost and undone, have no hope of the future because I turned my back on him. Amen. I, I walked away from the plan of God and the will of God, the goodness of God. But through the cross, because of Jesus Christ, he gave, he, he, he gave to me the opportunity. He gave to you the opportunity to be forgiven. And not just forgiven to be restored, redeemed, placed back in right standing. Amen. And so we have an indebtedness to Jesus. And this is what Paul's talking about. He said, you're going to either be indebted to the spirit of the living God. You're going to serve God by the spirit or you're going to serve the devil by the flesh. And and so we need to see every moment of our lives is a decision making moment. Now, mark your place right here and let's go to Romans chapter one. Let's understand this indebtedness just a little bit. Look what uh, Paul says in uh, uh, verse 14. He said, Romans 114, he said, I am a debtor both to the Greek and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Why? For I am not ashamed. What were we, what were we singing? You and I, we've got a gospel. We've got a message. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So you and I, we're indebted. We, we, we owed a debt that we couldn't pay. Write that old song. Jesus paid it for us. But now the, the, the devil is going to use everything about your flesh and my flesh to keep us out of the will and the plan of God. But we've got to come to the place where we, we see who we are to serve, who we are to love. See, who I love is who I'm going to serve. God said that I'm going to either put my treasure here on earth or I'm going to put it in heaven. He said, but where my treasure is, that's where my heart's going to be, right? Out of the mouth of your your Savior, out of the mouth of my Savior, out of the mouth of Jesus. And so I, I need to get some things right. I need to say, now listen, this life is not about myself. 
Thank God that He saved us and He loved us and thank God He wants us to enjoy our life and He wants us to take advantage of everything in this life, but He has to be first. He has to be the the driving point of your desire, the driving point of my desire. He has to be the thing that I focus on. He has to be the thing that you focus on or we're going to fall. Amen. And so we've got to be of assured of where our heart is, assured of where our allegiance lies, where the action and the attitude of our heart, where they're being sourced from. I want to be sourced by the Spirit, don't you? All right. So let's look at some things I think that will help us. Now, he said in in let's go back to Romans eight. Let's go to the to the first couple of verses. So you and I. We've, we've got to see some things. We've got to see that, that everything about your life and my life, we, we've got to live in the liberty of Jesus Christ. We've got to live in the liberty of the Spirit of the Lord. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 3, down about verse 17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there's freedom. Well, you're saved because God sent His Spirit to draw you. You accepted that drawing and that drawing of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost only lifts up Jesus. And so you saw Jesus exalted. I saw Jesus exalted. We accepted him. Amen. And and so that means that the Spirit of God uh, come to live inside of your spirit. So there's liberty in your life. So the areas in your life that you're not feeling, you're not finding, you're not following that liberty, it's because the flesh is trying to dominate you. I'm a real good expert at this, so I can talk about it. Come on now. I, I, I know how the flesh dominates. I know how it tries to control and, and, and all the things of the flesh that seems like that will, uh, make it at peace or make it satisfied or to make it happy. They're all a lie. That none of those things ever work. And so this morning, the Spirit of God really wants to instill some things in us to live by grace. Now notice in uh, Romans 8 and 1. You know this verse very well, one of my most favorite verses. There is therefore now, right at this moment of salvation, this moment in Christ, there is now no condemnation to them which are, to them which are in Christ Jesus. Say, I'm in Christ Jesus. But you're not just in Christ Jesus, you're walking not after the flesh, but you're walking after the, the Spirit. In other words, the, 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 the flesh is not empowering you, the Spirit is. Come on, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. The, 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 the Spirit that moved upon the face of the deep and brought the Word of God and caused light to, to be received. To, to be a creative process that's still taking place today. That same spirit is inside of you. That same spirit is inside of every born again, blood bought, redeemed believer. Amen. And, and so we've got to live like that. Now notice what he tells us in verse two. So he says that you, you and I, we've got to make a choice. And look what he says in verse two. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. See, we got to, we see the law of the Ten Commandments. We see the law of the Old Testament that brought death to you and I. We couldn't live it. Now, there was nothing wrong with the law, but the flesh couldn't do it. So God said, I'm going to give you another law. And it's the law of the spirit of life of Christ Jesus. It's the law of grace. So just as sure as I was going to die and go to hell because I could not keep God's commandments, This morning, I can live, have heaven here on earth, and then go to heaven because there is a law of life in me. Come on, there is a law of life in you. So when the devil starts raising up things in your soul, your mind, will, and your emotions, when he starts raising up things in your uh, flesh body, put it under that law. Bring it to the law and, and, and let that law of grace, that law of life, let it speak for you. See, Jesus was in all points tempted, right? We know the verse. Well, let's don't just know it. Let's apply it. He was in all points tempted yet without sin. So he's done faced every temptation that you will face, that I will face. But that law that caused him to overcome because of his sinlessness, now it's at work in the believer. Amen? It's available to you and I. And so I need to be loosed 
from everything that would hold me back. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath, past tense, hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, this word free, uh, if you take it back to the prime in the Greek, it, it means to liberate. It means to, to cause you to understand that you were free born. But more than that, it, 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 it's your citizenship. See, Philippians 3.20 says in the King James, for you and I, we have our conversation in heaven. But we know that word conversation is better translated citizenship. Our citizenship is from heaven. So I I don't have to live under the confines of the old sinful nature, under the confines of the law of this Babylonian system. I am of God. You are of God, little children. Come on. We are of the Holy One. And so I need to be loosed. I need to be loosed from all of these things that would change everything about my life, that would change everything about your life. But it has to be by God's grace working in us. Simply say, Lord, I receive the spirit of uh, uh, this law of life of Christ Jesus. I receive this grace to overcome. I, I'm going to put my, my tongue in the grace bowl. I, I'm going to put my hands in the grace bowl. Come on, God has a bowl of grace. It, 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 it's, a, it's a bowl that will saturate your life. It's a bowl that will saturate my life. Lord, I take out my heart and, and I lay it down on the altar and I put it in this bowl of grace. Change my heart. Change my attitude. Change my actions. If you will pray that prayer in sincerity, God will do it. Amen? Now, we have to do it. We do our part because Christ has already done His part, but we have to help each other. Right now, we're in a place where everybody says, oh, put your hand over your mouth and be quiet. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to make anybody mad. That's why we're in this mess. Jesus offended people. I'm sorry. Now, he offended the right people. And and, and so, but you and I have got to get in the place and the position where we see some things. Hold your place in Romans. Go to John chapter 11. Now, John chapter 11, you know the story very well. This is where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Uh, Lazarus is Eleazar from the Hebrew. So Eleazar was what? He was the the son of Aaron. He was the priesthood. So when, when, uh, when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, he's saying, I'm raising back up the priesthood. That's you and I. Come on, we are the royal priesthood. First Peter chapter 2, down about verse 9. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. So he raised up the priesthood to do some things. And so we've got to see that when we are with Jesus, we've got to follow his word explicitly. We've got to do what he says. Now notice in... Um, Let's just remind ourselves of some things. Uh, verse 34, red letter, Jesus says, where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Now drop down to verse 39. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he had been dead for four days. Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou would believe, thou should see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. You know the story very well, but I want you to see that you and I have got to be willing to do what Jesus says. This morning, he's calling you and I to take the stone away in a lot of areas in our life. Come on, I've got some stinking things in my life. But but he wants to call on those things and he wants to bring me out of death and bring me into life. Amen. So that's what he's saying to us. He's saying, I want you to, to come out from behind and let the stink, let it be smelled. See, when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, First Peter, the epistle of James, both of them, he exalts us. See, when we're honest with God, God can be honest with us. And, and so if I want to be loose this morning, I've got to tell the Lord the truth. I've got to recognize where I'm at and see where he wants to take me. And I need to know that he's wanting to resurrect some things, make some things brand new in my life. Amen.
So he, he, uh, so we can't let other people cause us to keep the stone in place. But at the same time, Lazarus come forth. Now look what happens. Verse 44. And he that was dead. Come on. Say I'm not dead. Come on. We're alive forevermore. Jesus has the keys. Revelation. He has the keys to life. Yes, because why? He went and got them from hell, death, and the grave. Amen? He's alive forevermore, so we're alive. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound with a napkin. And Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Come on, this is the church's job. Jesus brings life, but you and I, we have been called, we have been anointed, we have a responsibility to loose one another. We can't lose one another while we're walking around. Don't come too close to me. I'm perfect. I'm so far from perfect. I need Jesus so bad. I need Jesus so bad. I need the Holy Ghost to bring the Word of God to me in every area of my life. Amen? I want desperately to do what Jesus wants me to do, but the flesh fights me. My soul, the devil battles my mind and brings discouragement. And and there's such a resistance in the spirit. But you and I, we've got to stand strong in the victory in Jesus and say, I am free. We got to say that we're loosed. Amen. And then we've got to help one another. You help me when you testify what Jesus has done. See, the devil doesn't want us to share what Jesus is doing in our life. He wants, he'll say, well, now people will think bad about you. Why would they? Jesus is being glorified. We're being changed. Amen. All right. Go back to Romans, Romans chapter six. So let's, let's honor the Lord and let's be in that place to, to, to help one another. Let's hear the words of Jesus and let's be in the place of loosing. Now notice what he says in Romans six. In, uh, starting in verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So I'm going to serve somebody. You're going to serve somebody. And, and and so, but the Bible says I'm free right now. You're free right now in Christ Jesus. And there's a law that's working in us. And so all I've got to simply do is not keep calculating uh, uh, the way of victory. I need to receive that victory. I, I need to know that grace is what brings it to me. Amen. Now notice what he said. He said, but God be thanked that you were, past tense, the servants of sin, but you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Now, you know what it means to obey from the heart? This is so important. See, my heart always wants to do what Jesus wants me to do. But sometimes my flesh gets in the way. Sometimes my mind gets in the way. And so when those times happen, God looks at my heart and he knows what my heart's desire is. And if I will receive his grace, if I will stay in that place of repentance, that place of trust, guess what? What? Because he has put that desire in me. He has put that desire in you to overcome. And as long as we hold on to that desire, the grace is going to make us overcomers. Amen. Look at verse 18. If we'll do that, if we'll hold on to that doctrine, being then, because we're holding on to that word, you've got to hold on to Jesus, the word. Being then made free from sin, you become the servants of righteousness. Now, you know, I've tried to be just as honest and clear with you as I possibly can. There are so many areas in my life that I never could get freedom in because I wasn't willing to serve Jesus in it. I wanted freedom. But I wanted freedom for myself, not freedom to serve him. But see, when I make sure that I'm doing what the Spirit of God is leading me to do, that's when the true loosening comes. That's when the true life comes that we're going to be talking about this morning. And, and so I, I've got to see that that part of, of, of a servant is, what did Jesus say? Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 17, he said that the servant went, and done what he was told to do. And then after he had fed the master and his table, then he sat down. 
Come on, we're going to be sitting down and it's not going to be too long. Come on, we've got a place to sit. We've got a table. There's a marriage supper of the Lamb that's coming for us. But right now, you and I, we need to be serving Jesus. We need to be serving His people. We need to be doing what He would have us to do. And the more we serve Him, you become servants of righteousness, more freedom you're going to have. Amen? You believe that? Drop down to verse 22. Once again, second witness to verse 18. But now, right this moment, but now being made free, because you're holding on to the doctrine, you're holding on to the word, you're holding on to Jesus, but now being made free from sin and become servants to God. Wow! God Almighty will let me serve Him. Wow! And that's something, Brother Duckett, that's right. Come on. There's a lot of things that, that you think about when you was a kid. You wanted to help your dad or your grandpa do. They wouldn't let you because they knew you would what? Mess it up. God's not worried about you and I messing it up. As long as we have our heart for him and, and we're trying, God doesn't grade like we do. But now being made free from sin, you become servants to God and you have fruit unto holiness. Notice this. And the end everlasting life. So I need to start living out of the end. Come on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have life forever. I'm going to have freedom forever. I'm going to have victory forever. I'm going to have peace forever. I'm going to have joy forever. It's already laid up for me in heaven, but I'm supposed to pull from heaven right now. Amen. I need those things right now. I need them in this earth age to be able to serve Jesus. And so I've got to start saying, Lord, I hear that you're calling the stone away. I, I, I hear that you're, that you're saying loose and let, and let them be free. So I need to start speaking to those dead things in my own life that stink. I need to speak the words of life. And then I need to start saying, okay, this napkin that's over my face, this grave clothes that I can't see, in Jesus' name, you come off in this area. Come on, these grave clothes that have me wrapped up where I can't use my arms for Jesus, where I can't use my legs for Jesus. Come off, come off in the name of Jesus. I take authority over you. I am not dead. I am alive. I shall not die, but I shall live and perform Form the work of the Lord. Amen. This is what we've got to say. And as we do that, we're being loosed. We're being loosed. And the more we're being loosed, then all of a sudden we, we come into the place of living. Go back to Romans 8. And let, let's look at this. Romans 8. Look at 12 and 13 again. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. We don't owe the flesh anything to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But notice this. If you threw the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. So by the Holy Spirit in your spirit, you have the ability, I have the ability. What did he say? He said, kill the flesh. Paul said, I die daily. Daily. So you and I, we, we've got to make sure that this old man is nailed to the cross. We, 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 we gotta, we gotta see that if I don't kill the deeds of the flesh, the flesh will the flesh will kill the work of the spirit in my life. So any place in my life that I don't have, the, the Bible says that the things of the spirit are joy and peace. So if I don't have joy and peace in the area, I need to take that back to the cross. Not Jesus's cross, my cross. Jesus has done finished his cross. Now I'm supposed to be picking up mine and carrying it. Amen. And, and so he said that if I would live after the spirit. So I, in other words, not the word after here means that by the power of the Holy Spirit, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it's at work in the believer. Death couldn't hold Jesus. Well, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. Is in me. Amen. So, Hold your place here and go to the book of Galatians with me. Galatians chapter 2. Let's see the power of what happens when we apply this word. In Galatians chapter 2, uh, Paul here is, is dealing with this church at Galatia. They're trying to get back under the law and they don't even realize what's happening to them. Uh, but look at verse 8 starting in verse 18. 
Galatians 2.18. He says, For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. See, everything in our life is about cycles. It is. You, you and I, if we're not careful, we, we draw nine to the Lord. He draws nine to us. We get a, a revelation. We get an unction by the Spirit of God. We start walking in that truth, in that victory. And, and then all of a sudden, here come a, here will come a storm. Here will come an attack. Here come the lies of the enemy. And if we're not very careful, we'll pull back out of that very truth that, that brought us freedom, that brought us liberty, that brought us uh, all the, the promises of God, and we'll step back into, well, I'm going to do this again. And that's what Paul's saying here. He, he's saying, you were saved by grace. Why would you want to go back under the law? You, you, you couldn't live the law before. Why do you think it's going to be able to help you? now? it's not. And so he said, if I go back there, I'm tearing down those things. I'm becoming a transgressor. But look what he says. Verse 19. For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. So you, you got this law of life of, of the spirit of Christ that we just read in, in Romans 8 two, that's working in you. And look what it does. He said, I am crucified with Christ. You and I, we've got to see ourselves that, that when Christ went to the cross and he died for us, that we follow in like manner. And that is not the path of defeat. That's the path of victory. That's your success. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. So, so I, I, when I start taking in the word of God, then I, not only am I loosed, but then I start stepping into what life is all about. You, this live is uh, Zoe. It's the God kind of life. God wants you and I to have the God kind of life. But I'll never have the God kind of life until this uh, area that is trying to defeat me, trying to discourage me, trying to uh, uh, bring this despair, uh, a discouraging thought, a, 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 a discontenting emotion. I've got to put it on the cross. And if I put it on the cross, then all of a sudden, the victory that Christ won for me, it comes into my life. So I can live in that area. Amen. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. See, okay, my weak areas, when I, 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 I get so discouraged. And then when I get discouraged, I, 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 I get so negative. So I, I've tried to defeat it my whole life. I can't. But I take it to the cross. And I say, Jesus, I know that you died to overcome this negative spirit. You died to overcome this attitude of defeat. And, and so I, I, I lay it on my cross beside your cross. And as I do that, I am accepting that you defeated that for me. Now come and live in me in that area. And when I invite him into that area, all of a sudden, the victory of the cross, the word, it brings the law of spirit of life into that area. And I'm not dead in that area any longer. I'm not defeated, but I have victory. Amen. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, come on, he's talking about victory, how to have victory in the flesh. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of, mark this down in your Bible, highlight it, not in, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Now that's an amazing statement. See, we're always talking about our faith. Well, I've got faith in this situation. I've got faith in that situation. How about let's get out of our faith and let's get into the faith of Jesus. That changes everything. See, because my faith is limited to faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But if I live in the faith of Jesus Christ, he is the whole word. Well, this is something that will help you. This is something that will build you. It'll put the emphasis off yourself. Because the devil will always say, well, Greg, you just don't know enough word in this area. Oh, but someday. See, the devil doesn't care if he can 
put you off, if he can put me off. He doesn't care if we receive a certain amount of word. It's just that he doesn't want us to receive the full amount of word because he doesn't want us to have the full kind of life that Jesus died to give us. What is Romans? Put Romans six six, brother, uh, brother Ryan. Romans six six. Knowing this, see you and I, we need to know some things out of the Bible, not out of the out of ourselves. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. We need to tell that the old man. That's your your old way of thinking. That's your old feelings. That's your old expectancy. That's your old understanding. Knowing that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we henceforth should not. I don't have to serve sin, and that's something. Okay, go back to. Uh, Galatians 2, let's read verse 21. All of this is here for us because Jesus, He loved us and He gave Himself for us. But look at verse 21. Paul said, this is what you have to do, what I have to do. I do not frustrate the grace of God. Now, this word frustrate can also be translated, I don't set aside the grace of God. I don't neutralize. Can you believe that? You and I, we can neutralize the grace of God. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Christ is dead for nothing. So I, I've got to take advantage of God's grace. I, I, I'm not going to set it aside. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going, I'm going to ride grace all the way to heaven. A lot of people say, boy, I tell you what, why do they spend so much time at the altar? I, I, I got to have an altar. I mean, the altar's in our hearts today, but I mean, I've got to have it continually. I'm holding on to that altar, that place of meeting Jesus, and my fingernails are dug in, amen? And I'm going to ride that altar all the way to heaven, because it's the only way I'm going to make it. Because the devil is doing everything he can to keep me from making it, amen? But that altar is my place. It's a place where people look at death, but it's a place of life, amen? Because that sacrifice is so real. All right, go back to to uh, to, to Romans eight, and, and we'll 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 close this thing down. Look what he said in uh, verse fourteen, Romans eight fourteen. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons, the daughters, the children of God. For as many as led by the Spirit of God, this word "led" is ego, and it, it simply means to 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 be led. In uh, in a way that will not agree with your soul or your body. This is a spirit thing, and so when you're when the Holy Spirit is leading your spirit, uh, a sure way to find out that you're in the perfect will of God is when your body is kicking against the pricks, when your mind is trying to figure out another way. When you're trying to come up with another option, amen. And so, in closing, I just want to look at three scenarios. Let's look at let's look at Jesus. Let's look at Philip, and let's look at Paul, and let's see how we can be led by the Spirit. Go with me to to Acts. Uh, no, Matthew chapter four. Matthew chapter four. Let's look what the Bible says about Jesus. You know this story very well, but we're just going to hit just a couple things here, and I'll let you go. Matthew chapter four, verse number one. And this is after Jesus was baptized in the Spirit of God and, 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 uh, and God acknowledged him as his son. It says, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit. See, we all talk about, oh, I want to be led by the Spirit. I want to be led by the Spirit. Everything I do and everything I say. Our spirit does want that. But our flesh and our soul doesn't. Because our flesh and our soul is going to some places they don't want to go. Then Jesus was led up of the Spirit, where? Into the wilderness. Oh, now wait a minute. God wouldn't lead me to a wilderness place. What did he do with the children of Israel? They failed. That 40 years they walked in the wilderness and they murmured and they complained. Oh, God help me. And they died in the wilderness. Jesus, 40 days Represents 40 years. He walked in the wilderness. He was tempted 
in all points like they were. He didn't murmur. He only spoke the word. He overcome so you and I can overcome. So we're, you, you're going to be led into some things that your flesh, your soul does not like. But because you're following Jesus, you're depending upon grace, all is going to be well. Then Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Wait a minute, but God tempts no man. Didn't say God tempted Jesus. You're going to be tempted. Don't let the devil make you think that you're dirty because you've entered into temptation. Temptation is not sin. We need to help people. I deal with people all the time. They think because they're tempted, they have sinned. No. Temptation is a work of the enemy. Amen. And so you're going to be led into some things. But as you're led into those things, God is going to show you how faithful he is in your life and how he wants to use you to make a stand against what the devil wanted to do. That's what Jesus did. Amen. All right. Acts chapter eight. Let's look at Philip and then we'll look at Paul and I'll let you go. Acts chapter eight. Now, so we see how Jesus went into the wilderness and he met temptation. And, and you know, and then in our soul and in our flesh, we don't want that. But let's look at a, a different twist on this so we can understand it. In Acts chapter 8, you got Philip. He, uh, he was very faithful being a deacon. He was so faithful that God made him an evangelist. See, God will always elevate. He'll always promote those who are faithful. And so he, he promotes him to this position and he calls him to Samaria. And uh, he preaches the gospel there. He casts out devils. And, and all of these things has this great work where the, the whole city there in Samaria where great things were happening. Well, all of a sudden then the Spirit of God says, I got something else for you to do through the angel of the Lord. Drop down to verse um, 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem to Gaza to strong, a stronghold, which is desert. Wait a minute. You just sent me to Samaria. I done what you wanted me to do. We had the greatest revival that's ever been recorded in the church. And you want me to go to a place where nobody will see me? Come on, let's, let's get, let's get in our understanding. This is how the flesh works. This is how the soul works. God, why would you send me from this place to this place? Now we're talking about how to, to, to be loosed, how to live, and how to be led. You, you can never figure God out with your natural mind, with your, with your soul, with your body. And, and so you, you've got to just say, well, now wait a minute. If God's leading me here, if God's in it, it's going to be productive. Amen. And so you know the story. We won't read it. He, he leads him to, he led him all the way down there for one man. Because the one man was reading the book of Isaiah and he didn't understand uh, about Jesus. And so he gets to get that man saved and baptized. You realize that was greater than everything that happened in the Samaria? Because it required a greater level of obedience. Because see, it took, he was in a great position where pride could overcome him, but God took him from that place of prominence to that place of private. If we'll stay in that place of private, prominence will take care of itself. Amen? Alright, let's look in closing to, uh, to Paul. We're looking at three different scenarios about being led by the Spirit. Go to Acts 16. Now, uh, in, in these first few verses in Acts 16, you see where Paul is going and preaching the gospel and he's getting people saved. Uh, look at starting at verse 5 for sake of time. Acts 16 and 5. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. So in other words, Paul is going and as he's going, he's just preaching Jesus. He said, I, am, I must preach Christ. He said, if I preach anything else, I, I, I'm most miserable. I have no other message than Jesus. We've got to get back to Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the word. And so he's preaching Jesus and they're establishing churches. Church after church after church after church. Every little community they go into, they, they found, they found a new church. Well, look what happens though. Verse six. 
Now, when they had gone throughout uh, Phygia and were in the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Wait a minute. God's not willing that any should perish, but all could come to salvation. They can't come to salvation, Romans 10, unless there be a preacher. See, we can get in our own minds and say, now wait a minute, I need to be doing this. See, I've overloaded my donkey and I've done some things that I wanted to do, that I thought I was supposed to do, that did not work. Was it God's fault? It was my fault. So to be led by the Lord, you're going to be, you're going to be like Jesus. You're going to be led into the wilderness. You're going to be led in temptation. You're going to be led like Philip. You're going to be led to, to do works that everybody sees, but you're also going to be able to do some one-on-one work that nobody will see, but God, the person, and you. And then here, you're going to also be led not to do some things. I dare say there's a lot of churches right now that are doing a lot of things. They look good. But God's not in it. That's why Jesus come to the temple and he looked at the fig tree that had no fruit. It was all green and, and looked alive, but it had no fruit. And he what? He cursed it. Notice this, verse 7. And after they were come to uh, Messiah, they assuaged, they, they tried with all diligence uh, to go into Bynithia. But the Spirit suffered them not. Ultimately, we find out why, because there's a man that God uh, is showing Paul in a vision that he's trying to get Paul to down in Macedonia. So what I'm saying is that the the devil can put something before you and I that looks like we need to be doing it. If Paul had went to these other places, he would have missed the opportunity in Macedonia. I don't want to miss any opportunities. Do you? I want to learn to be led. But the Bible says, for as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the... Come on, that's who you are. So you've got to say every day, Lord, I thank you that this day you're going to lead me. My steps are ordered by you. I... The sheep, I'm the sheep of your pastor. I hear your voice. Another voice I won't follow. Speak this out of your own mouth. You have to come in agreement with the Word of God. You have to decree the Word of God. I have to decree the Word of God. If not, we'll be coming in agreement with the lie of the enemy, and there will be. Amen? Okay. Hallelujah. In closing, I want you to think about this. This I read this, and I was very intrigued by it. There's a man named Woody Norris, and he invented something called HSS. And it's an acronym about hypersonic sound. And it's coming into our um, uh, our theater system now. It's coming in even into home theater, but it was created for the military. Now, what this what this can do? This can take the you and I. We know where we can hear. We know the 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 hertz and the and, and the and the range of a of a dog is is so much different than that of a human. But what this what this piece of equipment does, it takes a sound that you and I cannot hear, and it puts it in a range that we can. But what it does, it takes that phrase, that sentence, that message, whatever it might be, and it broadcasts it, and it can broadcast it into this room. But it can make sure that it only come to where Donna was sitting. Everybody else in the room would hear nothing, but she would hear everything that was being said because it is put on a certain wavelength uh, that would match her hearing, but it's put in a certain uh, parameter of distance in a room uh, in, in, a, in a as big as a as a county, and only those in that step could hear it. Now that's man-made. And that's why you and I, we're sitting in church service and somebody, they're hearing from God and they're just blessed. Oh, beyond measure. And I'm over here thinking about, God, I wish I was home. I need to step over just a little bit, step out of the flesh, step in the Spirit, 
where, because God's talking to everybody all the time. God had never stopped talking. We talk about the 400 silent years. That's for bringing us the different dispensations. God is a talker because He wants you to be able to hear what He has to say. He wants you to be blessed and encouraged. So if man can take, and all we did was copy it from God. Every good thing comes from God. If man can do that, you and I, we can step into that place we've never stepped before. We can hear some things that the Lord has for us. Amen. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would touch me and this group of people. We love you. Lord, I'm so thankful for every person that's here. I'm thankful for uh, their heart and their giving. Lord, they're giving of uh, of themselves. They're, they're giving of prayer. They're giving of their uh, of their own work, of their own finances. Lord, that uh, they have a heart. But Lord, I asked you right now. I believe that you've got some things that you want to give them that they have never heard before. I, I believe that you have some promises. You have some provision that you would like to lead them into. And so I asked you this morning, would you help us to step in that place? to be able to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, to be able to hear what Jesus, the great shepherd, is saying to us, what he has for us this morning, that we might be loosed, that we could take the stone away, that we could we could hear the words of Jesus and, and, and be loosed out of some situations, and we could come into true, abundant life. And we could be led by you, not according to what, we want or what the flesh wants, what the soul is trying to decipher and understand, but we simply know your voice. Lord, let it be. Touch and draw us right now. Let every person let them feel encouraged, let them feel strengthened, not by feelings, but by the faith that you're trying to bring to them. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Would you come this morning and say, Lord, here I am. I want to lay on your altar. I want to just dip my whole life in grace. I want to have that victory that you promised that is mine. I want to, I want to hear some things I've never heard before. I want to receive the fullness of abundant life. Would you come this morning and say yes to whatever the Spirit of God is trying to do in you and for you? Hallelujah. 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 Praise the name of the living God. Praise the name of the living God. Praise the name of the living God. Don't leave here discouraged, uh, in despair in any way. Let the Lord speak a word about anything that would be contrary to what the gospel is, the good news. If there's anything in your life that isn't good news, let Jesus... See, the Bible says when you're praying in the Spirit with unctions and groanings that cannot be uttered in verse 26, then in the next verse he tells us that if you love the Lord and call it according to His purpose, He'll work those things out for your good, for my good. Let's let Him do it. Let Him speak those things in your life that will show you the truth this morning. Hallelujah.